Why do people in churches seem like brainless tourists on a package tour of the absolute? The churches are children playing on the floor with chemistry sets, mixing up a batch of TNT to kill another Sunday morning. It's madness to wear straw hats or ladies' velvet hats to church when really all of us should be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should be issuing life preserves and signal flames as they escort us to our seats. Not my words, but the words of Annie Dillard in teaching a stone to talk. So we come to our reading and our journey through Ephesians, and Paul is gathering momentum. He's developing our understanding, expanding our minds, and challenging our views, ideas, and opinions of church. Paul is letting us in on something. He's already let us in to this idea of resurrection living, and now he lets us in to what it truly is to participate in and be part of church. Paul simply doesn't want us to turn up here on a Sunday morning and go through the motions. For Paul, there is more. And what's the most important thing? Well, Christ. Christ takes center stage. Christ is central to everything that we do, say, speak, breathe here today. This thing called church is messy. It's not contained in nicely polished silver jars that come out on display every Sunday. Rather, church, church has dirty fingernails, church has grass-stained clothes, and church has more perspiration than you could ever imagine. Edgar Allan Poe, writing a short story called The Mask of the Red Death, provides for us a dark tale a dark tale of a prince and a community trying to escape the deadly troubles of the world. It's the story of Prince Prospero and his thousand stately officials. In it, famine, plague, death come to the village. And what is the prince's response? Well, the prince's response is, well, we better weld shut the doors because we do not want death to come in here. Outside the prince's castle, people are dying. People are shrinking into death. And in the midst of it, Prince Prospero throws a party. It's a lavish party. It's a masquerade party. There's lots of banqueting. There's lots of drinking. Yet, into the midst of that party arrives a figure dressed in grave clothes. It's the specter of death. The party stops, and slowly but surely, one after another, beginning with Prince Prospero, all the officials themselves succumb to death. Plague had arrived, and the doors couldn't keep it out. Nobody likes trouble. We try to avoid it like the plague. Unfortunately, at times that same fear finds itself within our walls. Sometimes the temptation is to shut the doors of our churches and only let in certain kinds of safe people.
people, the kind of people we like and are comfortable with and enjoy spending time with. In such an environment, we relish on the feast that is faith, yet slowly but surely, death creeps in. Because the church's doors were never meant to be welded closed, rather they were meant to be welded open. The church is a castle with doors welded open. What happens when those people that we didn't think of as acceptable come in? Well, our community flourishes. We learn from each other and we grow from each other. And this thing called church gets so much more dynamic. This is our charge from Paul. Get messy church. Ah, the early church. Sure, it was so much better then, was it? A 24-7 Holy Ghost party where people were just loving each other, sharing everything together, having a great time. Numbers were being added day after day. This expression of faith was so dynamic and exciting that people were coming in their multitudes. Or was it? Maybe, maybe there was Mary Magdalene, that woman that had seven uh, demons cast out of her by Jesus. I guess at church on a Sunday she had some baggage. And there was Zacchaeus, the greedy tax collector. Old habits die hard. James and John, the sons of thunder, who had an aggressive streak that at some times could be, could be humorous and at others, well, could provide disturbing results. And there was Peter, Peter the leader of the whole outfit, who struggled with a fear of what people thought of him. Peter, who denied Jesus. Peter, who gets into a showdown as to whether or not Gentiles should be allowed to enter the church. It turns out, church on a Sunday or whenever in the early church wasn't so nice, neat, and packaged. And why? Why is it messy? Well, Paul tells us because Christ is in on everything. In our journey through Ephesians, we have seen that Christ is in everything. Waters breaking, cold floors, animals a scream. Hanging out with the outcasts, getting a reputation challenging religious authority. Stripped, beaten, flogged, guts, gore, messy. Again, we come back to our opening line. We should all be wearing Christ helmets. Christ and church are linked. Christ and church You can't have one without the other. Jesus is the head of the church, and the church is his body. You can't have a head without a body, and you can't have a body without the head. Christ is part of and in control of the anatomy of all that it is and means to be church. Since we started preaching our way through Ephesians, we have seen that time and time again, Creation, cross, resurrection, church, breathing, Christ in everything. Yet we find ourselves stumbling into a society that seems to say, church is okay if. Church is okay if it's at a time that suits me. Church is okay if it's with people I like. Church is okay if the person at the front says the kind of things I want to hear. Peterson 
would say no. Church is not an optional add-on extra. We start to get it wrong if we start asking questions like, what can church do for me? Or what can I do for church? Because if we go too far down that road, we begin to evaluate church. We look to see how church fulfills our needs, how we can help it out, or how it needs us. Church is something bigger. And in this letter, in this chapter, in these verses, Paul is saying something different. Paul is saying that we are part of something bigger. We're becoming involved in a bigger story, a story that is bigger than just this building on a Sunday morning, but a story that has been going since the foundation of the world. But then it's hardly surprising that we find ourselves going down the road of that line of thinking that church is okay if when we live in a world that also says, well, Christianity is all right once I've achieved everything else. We're back to where we were last Sunday night with the story of the rich young ruler. He was rich and he was powerful. He had success. He had everything. He comes to Jesus and says, what must I do? How can I add eternal life onto my other lists of accomplishments? What large check do I need to write? What money do I need to give to what charity? How can I earn it? No. He starts with arrogance and humility. Yet this morning we come to a table that says, hang on a minute. We come to a table that says, reorder your thinking. We come to a table this morning that says, stop. This table is not for the successful. This table is not for those who have achieved enough and have large bank balances. No, this table this morning is open to all. This table says to the bankrupt person, rest here. This table says to the single mom, find encouragement here. This table says to the stumbler, it's okay to fall. This table says to the person at the end of their rope, let's get back up together. This table says to the alcoholic, let's drink of a different wine. This table says to the anxious person, come to me. This table says to the person facing all kinds of work pressures, let me hold you. It doesn't all begin with us. As long as we think in those terms we are adolescents and we never get to grow up and go through puberty and experience life as an actual adult. Ephesians is constantly saying, look at where you're at. Look at where your faith is and seek God to help you grow, mature, develop, strengthen, change, blossom, reach your full potential. This is the mystery. And Paul says that we are all let in on it. Hard to comprehend, yet true all the same. Dave, in his song that we've sang this morning, says in a few lines more succinctly and articulate, I can't even say it now, articulate, whatever, you know what I mean, says in that song (laughs) exactly what it's all about. Left behind, 
the desolation of our first life. We press on and travel light with open hearts and empty hands. We are welcome in his presence. We are adopted as his own. No longer to be outcasts, having neither hope nor reason. Drawn by love and rescued, we are exiles coming home. Church, Ephesians, church, Ephesians challenges us to think about how we think of the Christian life and how our view of church is then shaped by how we view our Christian life. Church is bigger than any one person. Paul is at pains to stress that. When he's talking about himself, it's not, oh, look at me, I'm the super apostle. No, he talks in terms of servant, very least of the saints, prisoner. Paul isn't writing some kind of manifesto. Paul isn't saying, here's what you should do, here's why you should elect me, and once you've elected me, well, let's see if I can actually fulfill some of those promises. Paul this morning is and was a guy who was just struggling to work this out in the situations that he found himself. This is a man who, let's face it, couldn't have been further from the church at the time of his conversion. The resurrection life that he's talking about throughout the book of Ephesians is not some abstract idea. For Paul, it is a reality earthed in his own experience. Resurrection living like grace is everywhere to be experienced. Church, like resurrection living, cannot be described or defined from the outside. Church can only be entered. Church is not a museum that we can stroll through and see exhibits and labels and information about events that took place in history. Rather, church takes place in history because Jesus takes place in history. There's no, there is more here this morning than history. We find here this morning the life of Christ, the work of the Spirit, and the plan of God. Many things about church can be defined and described. Creeds, leaders, politics, architecture, the list could go on. But these pieces do not add up to church. Church is more. Church is where resurrection is practiced. Everything we see, read, do here this morning is church. Church is where death is remembered, but where resurrection is celebrated.